In the great green room, there was a telephone and a red balloon and a picture of a cow jumping over the moon. And there were three little bears sitting on chairs and two little kittens and a pair of mittens. was an excerpt from Goodnight Moon by Margaret Wise Brown, and this is Books That Raised Us. I'm Alana Shapiro, an educator and mom whose best friends were books for most of my life. And I'm Esty Shapiro, a designer and writer currently in grad school at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And this one was my pick. Um, what do you remember about Goodnight Moon? So I just remember it's a children's book. And it's about saying goodnight to, like, everything in this bedroom, this child's bedroom. And so, goodnight moon, and goodnight brush, and goodnight cat, and goodnight everything. That's kind of the whole of it. <laughs> that is definitely the whole of it. Um, yeah, so, um, this book was my pick, and you're right, there's not, like, much of a plot to summarize. Um, but I actually chose it um, because so many of the books that we've talked about so far are, are books that are really beloved and special to us. Um, and this is one that is beloved and special to so many people and so much of the country, and I just do not understand it and never have. <laughs> um, it's probably one of the most popular, most well-known, most enduring picture books in the country and it has always always totally creeped me out and yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> it's funny because when you were born when you and your brother were born we got so many copies of this book there were like two books that so many people bought us and it was Goodnight Moon and Pat the Bunny so we had in in Goodnight Moon we had a board book and a paperback and a hardcover and it was lots of people us good night moon <laughs> well and also i feel like it's one of those books that like everyone knows at least a couple lines of off yeah. the top of their head like by heart you know like I, I guess i shouldn't say everyone that's a huge generalization but like in in our circles Lots it's you know very common and it's just a weird but like yes i get it's like a, a bedtime book and it's like slow paced and it's you know, you're saying goodnight to everything and getting ready for bed. And also, like, the illustrations are creepy. I was just going to say, some of the illustrations are a little creepy. And, like, the I don't know, the colors of the room I always thought were a little bit odd. And I really was a little put off by the woman whispering hush. <laughs> I don't know, there was something about her in the book that I always thought was like, hmm... <laughs> For me, it's the three, the sad little kittens who have lost their mittens. Oh. <laughs> they, like, I don't know. There's just something kind of eerie about that to me. But, um... Well, you know, that's from, like, there's a poem. No, I know. Okay. <laughs> it's like a nursery rhyme. But, yeah. no, but the, they're, like, orange, like, yellowy yeah. orange cats. I don't know. They freak me out. Well, and, and it's interesting <laughs> you brought up the colors, because they are, the whole book is in these, like, very bright primary colors, yeah. right? But isn't it, like, more orangey and, like, and deep burnt? green, yeah. yeah, and red. A yeah. lot of red, I yeah. think. But I wonder, 
you know, I think more recently there have been, like, children's toys that are more intentional about the colors that, like, babies can see, and it's, like, mm. high contrast, and, mm-hmm. and I wonder if, like, a book like that that's very, like, bright, solid colors in high contrast is, like, developmentally, like, good for babies. I don't, Maybe I don't that's why know that science. Maybe became so popular or something. Yeah, I don't Even know the science. Even much of a story. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, this book came out in 1947. Like, it has been oh, around. It's, book. it's It's the second oldest book we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. And I, I mean, I had it as a child. My mom read it to me. I had, you know, a copy when I was very little. And when you're saying that, it's possible my mom had a copy when she was little. That's wild. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's it's interesting. I guess the other, like, old sort of classic picture book that we've talked about is is um, Make Way for Ducklings, which mm. was in the early 40s. And to think of those two together, like, first of all, the illustrations. Like, Robert right. McCloskey's... First of all, like, they're they're mostly, like, line draw, right? Like, right. they're sketches and, and uh, like, pen or pencil drawings. And I think there's something... We've talked about, like, how timeless that book is. Yeah. Um, and part of it is that, like, he's drawing cityscapes of Boston that look pretty much <laughs> the, the same. same. But part of it, too, I think, is, like, yeah, the... The, those line drawings, like, those hand sketches are just very, like, I guess timeless in a way, and and these illustrations feel very dated, and yeah. there's, I don't know, I, I guess, I was, like, when I was looking at the book again for this, I think the, the degree of, like, creepiness that I had attributed to it was a little over height, like, it's not, <laughs> it's not, like, a scary book. But I can remember being, like, very freaked out by it as a kid. Like, I did not like this book. That's funny. And I always think of, like, the color scheme in it, I sort of always think of as very 70s. You know, like, the dark orange and the dark green. And, like, that's the color that our kitchen and the bathrooms <laughs> and the wallpaper was in the house I grew up in the 70s. And it's funny because that's not at all where the color scheme came from if the book was written in the 40s. Yeah. I wonder, too, how much of it has to do with, like, printing technology mm. um, at the time. And if if that, like, limited, those limited colors or those sort of bold prints were were easier to print or more affordable or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. So when you reread it, was there anything that surprised you or that you didn't remember from when you were a child? No. It's, it's funny. I think in some ways... Um, things that we sort of have these visceral emotional reactions to, we remember very well, right? And so, as an adult, I did think it was maybe a little bit less creepy than I had remembered it as a as a child. But yeah, no, it. I mean, it's a very simple structure, right? Like it goes through mm. and it identifies everything in the room, which was the excerpt that I read at the beginning, right? right? Which is just sort of like setting the context. And then it proceeds to say goodnight to all those things, right? So it's like this parallel structure. And it's, of course, a a very short picture book. And so it starts in the great green room and it talks about all the things in the room. And then it says, 
good night room, good night moon, right, goes through mm-hmm. each of those things and says good night to them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I definitely remembered the kitten and the mittens um, and the old lady in the, like, rocking chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whispering, hush. Well, and I'm just looking at it now because I hadn't looked at the book again or, or reread it till I'm looking at it right now. And I sort of forgot that it was a bunny family. Like the bait, the little kid in the bed and the woman whispering hush are bunny rabbits. Oh yeah. Which I guess I didn't remember off the top of my head. That's kind of funny. Yeah. I wonder too, um, cause it sort of switches back and forth between like the, the illustrations of the whole room are these big bright colors that we're talking about and it's like deep reds and greens. Mm-hmm. But the... There are other illustrations in the book of, like, vignettes of, like, a single object mm-hmm. that are black and white. Yeah. And so... Like when it zooms in almost. Yeah. And sure. so I wonder if that... There's something sort of, like, noir about that, like, back and <laughs> forth. You know, like, it, it's got... I don't know. Maybe an almost, like, mystery aesthetic yeah. to it. Um, especially how it flips. Right back and forth like that that um maybe that's what I was thinking was creepy yeah but it's interesting it's more it's kind of a little more artistic than I remembered it in that way yeah no I just remembered the like lonely sad hanging mittens being like very haunting (laughs) (laughs) and I yeah I like I personally like the picture of the three bears over the bed yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the the portrait. Yeah. Do you have um either a favorite or a least favorite illustration? So, I don't know, when I was younger, I always thought it was funny that it was called a bowlful of mush. Um <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's probably like porridge or you know, cream of wheat or something. Um, But I always, I kind of liked that when I was little. Um, But looking, go ahead. It feels very Oliver Twist. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, But looking through it now, I actually, when it flips back and forth between the colored images and the black and white images, I kind of like the last black and white image where it says, good night stars, good night air. It's just this really... I don't know, kind of pretty simple drawing of the scene outside the window, and it's in that black and white. It's kind of peaceful. Yeah, totally. Way less creepy than what's going on inside the room. It's like a little escape out. Right, exactly. (laughs) And then, because isn't that the last line is, good night stars, good night air, good night noises everywhere, or some voices everywhere, or something like that? Yeah. I think it's noises. Anyways. Yeah, no, I guess that's supposed to be, like, calming. <laughs> My favorite illus- illustration is, um, it's also one of the little black and white vignettes, um, and it's the goodnight little mouse, and it's, like, oh. all of the other illustrations, like, fill the whole page, and it's this, like, teeny, teeny tiny, tiny, it's, like, the size of a penny right in the middle of the page, and it's a little mouse, and the rest of the, the spread is blank, which I think is Oh, that's cute. really cute. Do you have any memories from when you were little of when 
somebody read it to you or when you read the book? Um, I don't, I don't remember being read it very often when I was very little. I think mostly because I didn't like it. I don't imagine that we read it all that much. Like, there are a lot of books that we read over and over and over again around that time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Jamberry was was a favorite. I was just going to say Jamberry. But but this one I don't think we read quite Mm -hmm. as much because I didn't want to. But when I started babysitting, when I was in, like, late middle and high school, Um. there was a family who I babysat for who this was their, like, one of their bedtime books. And so I read it. Oh, that's a funny. lot when I was like 14, 15. Did and it I still did... creep you out? Oh, then? yeah. No, I did not like, <laughs> I did not enjoy that part of the job. That's funny. But, yeah. It's, it's got some stay in power <laughs> that I just can't quite figure out. <laughs> I suppose in some ways we're like perpetuating that by talking about it, right? Like if I really wanted Goodnight Moon to go away, we would not give it the airtime and attention. We <laughs> right. would just ignore it but but yeah I mean I think you you said right like you got it as a baby get like it's in some ways it's sort of out of your control like right it's definitely a part of American kind of canon for children's books and you know what you read to babies when you're trying to get them to go to sleep babies and toddlers when you're trying to get them to go to sleep and it's always kind of funny to me because I don't know there's like this very slow cadence that you read the book in you know that's obviously meant to help put the kid to sleep um but it's weird it's you know it's not it's not a book with compelling characters or like you were saying with you know really lovely illustrations. I mean I guess some people may think they're lovely illustrations but we we certainly didn't yeah no, that's a really good point. I feel like it's just another argument to, like, challenge the canon, right? Like, <laughs> this whole notion, which is completely constructed, yeah. that there are, like, certain books that everyone has, has to, to read, read, which we talk a lot about, you know, high school English classes and how, yeah. like, repetitive those are and, and that there are so many other authors and perspectives to that you could introduce into those kinds of spaces or, or like, you know, theory in college, mm-hmm. but... But yeah, I think it starts literally with infants. Like <laughs> these are the books you have to have for your baby's library yeah. bookshelf, you know. For sure. And like there are just better <laughs> options out there. <laughs> but you know, it takes work. Like it's easy to just get right. Goodnight Moon as a gift and just read your kid Goodnight Moon and not question it. And I think yeah, it takes like effort to look for more interesting or relevant or inspiring or beautiful stories. For sure. Well, and I also think it's relevant and useful sometimes not only to think about the fond memories or the pleasant things in our lives that raised us, but also maybe some of what wasn't great in our past or history that raised us. And so... In some ways, I think it's necessary to choose a book like this that maybe wasn't <laughs> a fond memory of our, our childhoods um, and talk about the ways in which that also raised us. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, like, if, you know, if I were to give you the, like, elevator pitch answer, like, how did this book raise me? I, I would say that, like, uh, criticality is a really important part of, <laughs> of who I am and my, my practice now. And I, I mean, my current degree is in visual and critical studies, right? Like, right. I have never in my life participated in a program or taken a class or, you know, met an educator who I didn't have some constructive feedback or criticism of, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, that's just, like, how I go through the world. And that's not to say, like, overly, like, persnickety or negative about everything. Like, when I love something, I, I can be enthusiastic about that. But I think it's it's really important to, to me to always be thinking critically and looking for ways that things could be better or that they could, you know, that we can improve, um, and that's, I think that's why I, I wanted to, to talk about this, um, because I think it's important, yeah, to develop, and some, I mean, this is sort of a trite example of that, right? It's mostly right, a matter sure. of, like, <laughs> taste, um, and it's just a book I didn't like, but I think it's, it's worth talking about, especially when it's something as popular and, and persisting as Goodnight Moon, to be able to right. say, like, I don't know, like, maybe this isn't it, <laughs> um, is, is something that I value a lot, and I appreciate your willingness to sort of have that conversation, <laughs> too, sure. um, as much fun as it is to just reread all of our favorite books. <laughs> um, do you have anything to add to finish us off? Um, I don't think so. Maybe just, you know, good night, Esty, good night, Lamp. Good night, chair. Good night, bear. <laughs> Good night, podcast <laughs> recording microphone. Good night, mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. That was Good Night Moon on Books That Raised Us. Next week, we'll be talking about Matilda by Roald Dahl. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Until then, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Books Raised Us. Our theme music is by Cooper Kaminsky. Happy, Happy reading! reading.